For all my 80s kids, war game fans, we are at DEFCON 1, Yankees fans. This is not a drill. August 21st, the Yankees were still in first place in the AL East. Fast forward to today, and the Yankees aren't only out of first place. They have dropped to the eighth and final playoff spot in the American League. 20 games remain. Half are against the team that just overtook them in the standings in the Buffalo Blue Jays. Like Jim from The Office once said, what is going on? Meredith Morakovitz from the Yes Network tries to help us make sense of the situation next on an all-new Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. All right, here's a Pinstripe Pod. Pinstripe Pod. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Shearer, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. This would be so nice to hear every time I say that. Follow us on Twitter, at Chris Shearer, and yes, is myself, and at NYNelly43 is Jeff Nelson. Subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. But do us a favor, if you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Rate us five stars and write a nice review. Your support, as always, is appreciate. The great Yes Network's Meredith Morakovitz joins us later in the show. But first, happy Glaber Day, everybody. And let's welcome in my pal, Jeff Nelson. And you think Jeff on uh, Glaber Day, on his holiday, he'll be in the freaking lineup this uh, on this Monday? You think that's no. going to happen in Baltimore, uh, in Buffalo? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty strange when they... Take him off the IL and they and they sit him. So and they oh we're gonna put you in for a pinch hit. If he wasn't ready to play, then why take him off? I, I don't get it. So maybe they were saving him for today, his day. So John Sterling say, hey, it's Glaber Day when he hits a home run. I I now look, I I got a call from the cemetery where my father is buried, and uh, he's actually not buried. He he's in a crypt. <laughs> he's in a crypt, and uh, thank God he's no longer with us because if he was seeing what was going on with this Yankee team, well, he actually spun out of his crypt. They had to put him back in. What do you think Mr. Steinbrenner's doing right now? Well, I'm not even talking about Mr. Steinbrenner. Everybody goes to Mr. Steinbrenner. I'm going to my father because if he was still with us and he was still alive, he would be texting me every five seconds. Why is Hicks getting a day off? Why is Glaber Torres, who just came off the injured list, getting a day off? If he's off the injured list, that means he could play. Do you see that you're in a tailspin? Do you see that you're sinking like a stone in the standings? If you had Stanton, if you had Judge, if you had these guys back in the lineup, these other players, you could afford to take the day off. Where is the urgency, Nelly? I don't think Aaron Boone understands the gravity of the situation that his team is in right now. And if you're of the mindset, well, all we have to do is be the eighth seed and get into the playoffs. Well, geniuses with the Yankees, the number one seed, who you'd have to play, has owned you this year. And that would be the Tampa Bay Rays. They are 23-6 and six since starting 5-7. and seven. The Yankees are 12 and 16 since that same point. They have won five of their last 18 games. You cannot afford to give guys days. And I'm giving you the Chris Farley air quotes. You can't give guys days. Who challenges this first? 
What player says, have you seen the standings? Do you see where we are? I don't need a day off. I need to be in the lineup. I need to be playing. We need to start winning again. When Garrett Cole, our best pitcher, is out on the mound, we need our best lineup out there. And that means DJ LeMahieu, who was asked, did you need a day? And he said, um, no. He's your best hitter. He can't be on the bench. He needs to be leading off. He needs to be in the lineup. I, I don't get this, Jeff. I just don't get it. They're 21 and 19. They're two games above 500. The Blue Jays, who they have 10 games left with. There's 20 games left in the season. 10 are left against the Blue Jays. 10. Half the season that's left is against the team that just eclipsed you in the standings. And guys are resting. Do you understand this at all? Because I don't. Please help me. Help well, me. Well, I don't. I'm not going to be able to help you very, very much because I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why players can't go into the manager's office and say, "I don't want a day off." If they're going to ask Lemayhew and say, and he goes, "No, I didn't need a day off." Why wasn't he in the office and saying that he didn't need a day off? Why do you bring Glaber Torres off of the IL and he's not in the office saying, "Why aren't I playing?" You know, if, if we have 20 games left, they're the eighth seed. The Yankees do not want to play any of the top four teams right now, and that's the Rays, White Sox, A's, and Indians. They do not want any part of those teams with their starting rotation. The starting rotation, especially the Cleveland Indians, if they wind up getting a seed or they wind up playing the Yankees in the first round, the Yankees are going to be out in the first round. They don't have enough to beat any one of these top four teams. Now, you look at it, I don't see the Orioles, Tigers, or the Mariners being any kind of threat, just maybe a spoiler. The Orioles, after 18 straight wins, the Yankees have beaten them by and all of a sudden lose three out of four to them. You know, it's just ridiculous to me. You know, Cal Ripken Jr. anniversary of, of his record-breaking game streak was 25 years ago. You don't find players that want to play every day. And, you know, I don't know what Glaber Torres is like. I don't know what LeMayhew was like as far as are these guys, are these the kind of guys that want to be in the lineup every day? Do they want to play every single game? Uh, you don't find anybody around Major League Baseball that wants to play every single game. Here's the reason why. The money is too great. Players don't want to be able to risk their injuries or risk getting injured to go out on the field anymore. But Jeff, it's, they it's, have it's, guaranteed contracts and well, the guys that have those LeMahieu, LeMahieu is a free agent. I'm not saying that he went in and said, okay, I'm going to accept a day off. You know, some players accept it, some players don't. There are guys out there that, that, hey, you know what? I'm a free agent at the end of the year, and if I'm a little banged up, I'm not going to go out there and risk things. This isn't back in my day. This isn't 10 years ago. This isn't 25 years ago when guys played through injuries. Guys didn't care if they were a free agent. They're still going to go lay it on the line. Well, and a lot that. of them got criticized for it for because they had a bad year. Next thing you know, they come at the end of the year and they're having some sort of surgery. And they say, hey, you know what? I played with this all year and the media was all over me. So I gave myself up for the team and all of a sudden I'm getting ripped in the media. Guys don't want that anymore. Contracts are too big. Okay, They don't need that. Let me let me let me fight you back a little bit on this, okay? Because I completely understand where you're coming from if you're a professional athlete and you're going to be a free agent and 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 it messes with your money. I am no one to mess with anyone else's wallet. No, I'm, I'm not. not saying it's good. I'm but, just but saying it's mentality now. But hold on. All right, Giancarlo Stanton is signed until 2027, and we've seen DJ LeMahieu come back from a wrist injury. He was supposed to be out three to six weeks. He missed two. Glaber Torres had a quad and a hamstring. He missed two weeks. Giancarlo Stanton has been out since August 9th with a quad injury. He signed through 2027. What? I, look, I'm not saying he's not hurt. I'm not. I don't know what the extent of the injury is, but he just started baseball activities. 
a couple days ago. Yeah, I, you know, that that's a tough one because, you know, some of the injuries that he's had, you know, they're just going to be reoccurring throughout his whole career. You know, they're just something that's never going to heal. You know, sometimes it's something different all the time. And, you know, you look at him and, and you know, he's a specimen in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, he's just going to get hurt all the time. You know, you're just going to count on him taking some sort of vacation during during the year. It's just it's just going to happen. And, and I, I don't get it, but it's just it just happens to players like that. And, and you know, maybe. Maybe he's a guy that, hey, you know, he he obviously, I think, wants to be out there. And when he is out there, he's he's one of the best players in baseball. He but started to get him out there, he's not. He was, he was a beast. He, he was. was an absolute beast. He was sitting on just under 300. He was tearing the cover off the ball. I'm not saying he doesn't want to be out there, but the past two seasons, he's played a total of 32 games. His yeah. first year with the Yankees in 2018, he was he was a godsend. He was fantastic. Yeah, which a lot of people surprised that he was surprised that he stayed on the field that long. I, I get it, but with him in the lineup and with him on the field, he helps this team. It was just the same against the Astros in the ALCS last year. They kept him on the roster now look i'm not saying mike ford was going to be the yankee savior in the alcs last season but the guy was the hottest hitter on the team going into the postseason he was look it up he was and the then hottest. I'm gonna go back on saying what 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 is the deal with the training staff you know i had a lot of friends I, I that got know. fired and i said this last week you know they're trying to reinvent the wheel it's not working you know you're having more injuries than you've ever had so why stanton continues to get hurt if you have aaron judges getting hurt you have torres you have paxton you know, yes, there are players that are going to constantly just be injury prone. It's just going to happen. But in the same sense, why are they getting hurt? Are you doing something different? You know, every I know baseball has changed in a way about the way it's played on the field. And, you know, with all these sabermetrics and now they're trying to do all this different stuff as far as weight training, running. I don't see pitchers run anymore. I have no idea what they do uh, in the clubhouse if they're on the treadmill. Nobody runs out on the field. So obviously that's one of the reasons why you don't see these guys go or, that are very strong at the end of the game. Very few want to even stay in the game that long. Uh, and all of a sudden that third time around the lineup when the when those averages drop, well, that's because you don't have the stamina to be out there a full nine innings you don't train yourself to be out there a full nine innings they train themselves to go five and they're good and then and that third time around they start looking over their shoulder to see if the bullpen's helping them and and hopefully they can get out of the game with their 100 see, pitches and i'm done so i'm going to question the training staff i'm not going to question the players about as far as if they want to be out there and uh you know what kind of injuries they have why are they getting hurt so often well, this I'm is not, not just this year it's been many a years and, and for some reason, they, they continue to have the same injuries and the same damn players keep going on the I.L. Look, Jeff, you know me. We, we've known each other for a couple of years now, and you know I would never disrespect a professional athlete. I, I would oh, never no, I do don't. that. Not on a podcast, not you know in a group text, not anything. I, I would... I have the utmost respect and, and I hold them in the, in the highest regard. I do. But at the same time, you have to understand the era I grew up in when guys like you mentioned were playing hurt. They got through the season. They helped their team. They didn't uh, abandon their. And I'm not saying anybody's abandoning their team. I don't want my words to get misconstrued, but it just seems like sometimes these guys get injured and then you don't see them and, and you have to start questioning. You have to, yeah. when, when other guys start to come back, Jeff, you have to start scratching your head. Okay, well, what's going on? 
why isn't he back yet? Why is he just starting baseball activities? Be more specific with his injury. Did something else act up? Did something else get aggravated? You know, if we knew that, maybe there wouldn't be like the furor, the anger, anything. I just don't like I, I went back the and money, I looked and the money is so great. And I, I understand. get it. And, I get and it. I, I get it. The thing, and this is this is one of the I I've been told this, and I'm not gonna say any names. Of inside people that have been in the clubhouse, not just the Yankees, are all around the league. Players are not in it to win championships anymore. They're in it to see how long they can play, how many years it would take before they're comfortable and they don't have to worry about working anymore. Well, that it's is all about exact... years. It's all about, <laughs> hey, okay, oh, if I stay in the big leagues for four years, I'll make enough money that I won't have to work anymore. It's not about, oh, I want to win a championship. It's not It's not about the years that we played. It's not about the years that Mr. Steinbrenner, let's bring him up, that was around that demanded and expected a championship every year. You can go back to Derek Jeter's years. You think Derek Jeter was worried about, oh, or had guys on his team? That's why he was a captain. Had guys on his team that was worried about, oh, I'll, you know, if I get five years in, I'll make enough money that well, I don't have at, to worry yeah, about. Here. Michael Michael K in the booth with the Yes Network during the game yesterday was talking about how this isn't the 40s or 50s anymore. It, you know what? It's not even the 2000s anymore. Oh, no, because no. if you look at Derek Jeter, the bulk of his career, three quarters of his career, Nelly, he played 150 plus games. You don't believe me? Go look it up. 150 plus and was criticized and, and, and for Jeter, it. I mean, right. it's, yeah. and Jeter, you would have to like Charlton Heston. I know I've used this analogy before. You would have to pry him out of the lineup, like the gun out of Heston's cold, dead hand, which you could do now because Heston is dead, but it makes, and what you just said with the money and, and no championships and how long you could play, that is the exact 180 and counterintuitive of everything I grew up believing in and rooting for. So it's kind of hard to unplug the wires in a fan and in a player's brain because I played baseball my whole life. It's hard to unplug those wires and just say, well, you know what? If I could play till I'm 60 in my Sunday league, yeah, I'll be happy. No, I want to win every time I go out on the field. That mentality never changed. My father put that in me. It, it was, it was re, uh, the concrete was poured over that by the players I grew up watching and rooting for because that's their that was their mindset but from what you just said and i guarantee you it's not a tautology it's not everybody it's not every player because i'm sure there's still players in this league and in all the leagues across the board that they want to win championships they they could care less about how long they last they want that ring it's about the ring i understand that maybe most if not some want the other way but i know there are some people left that believe the way i believe now let's very put, few well let's put that in the rear view because there there's a big seven games coming up for this yankees team this week jeff they start there's 10 games in the next 18 days against the toronto blue jays starting tonight with uh three uh huge games in buffalo monday tuesday wednesday before another four games set with the orioles and here's why it's big the blue jays just overtook the yankees in the american league east they're in second place the yankees are a game behind the blue jays the orioles are just two games behind the yankees for the eighth spot the last wild card spot in the american league so these next seven games it's going to be very interesting to see if all this rest was setting up for this week. If that was the case, then I'll shut my mouth because I'm not the manager and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. However, when you see a team reeling, when you see a team in a nosedive, when you see a team that's sinking like a rock in the standings, you can't help 
but get aggravated and agitated. I agree. And you know what? These teams, you don't think they they come out? I mean, you know, teams look, teams look at the Yankees, and it's been this way for years, that when they come in or they go into Yankee Stadium, it's all about we want, we, we're going to beat the Yankees. And, and you know what? And Michael Kay said this on his radio show the other day. They interviewed Blake Snell for the Rays, and maybe you've heard this as well. And he goes, why do you, why do you guys think that, uh, or what, what, what are some of the reasons why you think that you have the Yankees number this year? And especially going into Yankee Stadium or intimidating at all. Well, there's no fans. You know, when there's no fans, you don't have any kind of intimidation factor, and it's not scary to go into Yankee Stadium anymore. You know, this is an old Yankee Stadium when any visiting team had a hard time coming in there. The new stadium's a little bit different. It's not as intimidating, I think, to some of the opposing players. But in some sense, it is. And, you know, with no fans at Yankee Stadium, it makes it a lot harder for the Yankees to go out there and intimidate anyone. And no visiting club is going to come in there and say, oh, this is the big bad Yankees. And, oh, we have to deal with their fans as well. Because that's intimidating to a lot of guys. And, you know, you don't, you're not used to being booed or yelled at or called names or talked about your mom and dad being talked about and your brother and your wife and everything else. You know, it, it's just uh, that's the way New York is. And, and, and you don't have the fans in the stands anymore. So every single team that they're going to play forward, especially the Toronto Blue Jays, who did add at the deadline, have a chip on their shoulder and say, you know what, we're going to, if, if it's the Orioles that might not have a realistic chance of making the playoffs, they're going to be a spoiler. The Blue Jays, they have a chance of making the playoffs. They have a chance to be the number two seed in the AL East. Right now, they're the number five seed going into the playoffs. All right, Nelly. Well, it, it's a big three-game set in Buffalo. Montgomery, Happ, and Davey Garcia are the Yankee starters, so they're going to have to show Aaron Boone something against this uh, Buffalo Blue Jays team. Now, Nelly, let's get to your nugget for uh, today. And uh, since the Orioles just beat up on the Yankees and took three of four, you got to call it like you see it. Let's hear a story of you physically beating up the Orioles in 1993 and almost ruining Cal Ripken's streak. What happened there, bud? We did, but I, it wasn't me. You know, I, I got to be really sure good friends it with was Yeah, because I, I, mean, <laughs> I grew up in Baltimore. I was a big fan. And uh, I got to know him. I actually, you know, when I was in the minor leagues and then once I got to the big leagues, I actually played basketball at his house. Uh, you know, we ran basketball three nights a week and it was almost about a month after the season. And he, he was a big competitor and everything. So I was fortunate enough to go out there and, and play with a lot of the Orioles. And I, it, Cal Ripken and I always guarded each other. When I was in the minor leagues, I, he, he kind of took advantage of me a little bit because I was afraid I always wanted to be invited back and I was afraid to hurt him. But once I got to the big leagues, I'm like, hold on, time out. I got this just as much to lose as he does. So I started shoving him back. But in 93, we had uh, Bill Hasselman got hit by Mike Mussina. He got hit in the back and he thought it was on purpose and and Hasselman dropped the bat, charged Mike Messina. And Mike Messina is not one of those guys that uh, likes confrontation. So all of a sudden the bench is clear. And we must have had a 30-minute brawl. And this was two years uh, before Ripken uh, broke the streak of Lou Gehrig in, in 95 in September. Actually, it was what, yesterday, the 25th anniversary. And he busted up his knee and it got hyperextended. Whether he was pulling somebody out of the pile, somebody fell on him. Uh, he went limping off the field, and that was one of the. I think it's in one of the highlights or one of the uh, one of those uh, information tidbits about. Oh, did was there any chance of him going down and skipping a game? And that was the one of the streak almost yeah. died. Jim Croce did, did not write a song about that. Right. I mean, he didn't. Uh, he almost missed that. Uh, missed the next day. But he, you know, he's the type of guy that he's going to be out there all the time. And then in '98. It just seems like you always have those teams you brawl against. And in 95, Armando Benitez hit Tino Martinez in the back. And this was after a grand slam, I think, by Edgar Martinez. And then in 98, 
Graham Lloyd and I, and we had Graham on a few weeks ago, and we told this story, and and we were sitting in a bullpen. I think Bernie Williams hit a home run. Tino was up next. Benitez was up, and I said, Graham, I said he's he's going to hit Tino here. He said, and Graham says, okay, if he hits Tino here, we're charging. He says, I don't care if anybody else charges. We're going through the wall. I, I said, all right. So the next thing you know, uh, you know, he hits Tino right in the back. We go down this little ramp in, at Old Yankee Stadium. We go through the outfield wall. I think Graham and I were the first two, but all of a sudden, I mean, the benches were already clear. We've had some really really good brawls. I think that brawl lasted at least 20 minutes yes. and 193 i mean the orioles got really banged up i think chris hoyles uh messed up his shoulder we had there's like three or four orioles pitchers in the bullpen they come out with band-aids all over their nose their forehead uh fernando vina was on top of like a little gremlin on leo Gomez. <laughs> you know, i mean it was just uh norm charlton beat the crap out of us i think he punched somebody right in the nose and the nose is all bloody. I mean, it was just, uh, it was one of those brawls that you never forget. Sheeran, yeah. if you didn't notice that, you know, poop was the common theme, but I'm finding out that everything to do with the rear end is the common theme. A can of whoop ass, poop, oh, yeah. something with butts is the theme of every Nelly Nugget. Yeah, a little Bob Hubanks. All right, we're going <laughs> to leave that right there. And uh, before I go on, uh, Don McLean, not Jim Croce, I'm an idiot. Don McLean wrote uh, American Pie the day that music died. Uh, anyway, uh, I just wanted to correct myself there before we move on. For any listeners out there who said, it's not Jim Croce, you moron. Yeah, I get it. it it's not Jim Croce. It's Don McLean. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap up our first segment. Now it's time to welcome in the great, talented Mary. Meredith Morakovitz from the Yes Network. You could follow Meredith on Twitter at M underscore Morakovitz, and you could also follow her on Instagram at M Morakovitz, no underscore there. She is the Yes Network Yankees Clubhouse reporter, a close friend of mine and a Yes Network colleague. Meredith, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. In a normal season without a global pandemic, I could ask you, pretty much straightforward what's the feeling in the clubhouse and you could basically give me a great answer on that without being in the clubhouse though with the team 21 and 19 5 and 13 in their last 18 you know i said in our tease to the to this podcast you know jim from the office said what is going on in one of the episodes meredith that's my question what is going on right now you know what? I wish I could solve it, Chris. And I think there's a lot of people in that clubhouse that wish that they could solve it. And even though I'm not in the clubhouse currently, I can tell you just speaking with people via Zoom, because that's the way of the world right now, that there is a ton of frustration on that team. I think Brett Gardner really speaks for the team. He spoke after losing three to four to the Orioles and said, we just need to do better. And you know what? I looked at that lineup yesterday before the game started, and they had, I believe, four guys that are hitting under 200 offensively, they are just not where they thought they would be. And yes, they don't have Aaron Judge. They don't have John Carlos Stanton. There are key pieces that are missing from that lineup and missing from the team right now, but they still have enough talent to get the job done, and they have not been doing so. And you look at some of the at-bats, some of the at-bats are not competitive at-bats, people expanding the zones. And Clint Frazier said the other day, too, maybe people are feeling the pressure. You know, it's not a situation where there's one guy that's struggling. It's the lineup, for the most part, as a whole that's struggling. And as much as hitting could be contagious, you wonder when the whole lineup struggles, does that become pressure for everyone maybe trying to do too much in that lineup? I can't solve it, Chris, unfortunately, but they need to figure out quickly because they're playing the Blue Jays in Buffalo 
They have 10 against the Blue Jays, I believe, four against the Baltimore Orioles, three against the Boston Red Sox, and then three against the Marlins. And that's it. It seemed like it was a a foregone conclusion early on that this team was going to be in the postseason. Right now, I don't think that's a foregone conclusion anymore. I think they really need to figure out how to get better as a unit offensively. Defensively, they've made mistakes. And the starting pitching has been a little bit better, but pitching as a whole, bullpen has struggled at times. It's, it's not one thing with this team. It's a collection of a lot of things that they just can't uh, get the job done. Yeah, so you're, you're right. It's great points, Meredith. And, and I think when you look at this team, they're supposed to be the best team in the American League. And it was it was a no doubter that they were going to go to the World Series. I mean, they still could, obviously. You know, anything could happen. And I think you're right. You know, you look at the pressures. I think the urgency of the 60-game season, there a lot of pressures being put on. You have players that might, might be used to this pressure. Uh, and all of a sudden, they're, they're, they think they have to do too much. It's almost like the playoffs every single day once the season started. And and some you know, everybody knows that once you get into the playoffs, you start putting too much pressure on yourself. You're not going to have success. And, and also, you know, to me, all this great depth that they spoke they were supposed to have uh, as far as, oh, hey, we have great bench players. We have good. We have bench players that should be playing every day. You know, to me, I think some of it's getting exposed when all of a sudden now they become everyday players. They're not really everyday players. So maybe that depth that the Yankees thought they had that was such a, a big asset to them is no longer an asset. It's starting to show now. I think they do have a lot of depth. I think there are several things in play. First of all, you know, you look at the guys in the next man up mentality of last year. They were coming into a situation having played every day and facing live pitching every day, even though it was in the minors. They were in the groove of playing. Now people were asked to start being an everyday player when they didn't have those consistent at-bats and they're thrown into the mix. And I think that has hurt. And I do think there is an element, like you said, Nelly, of guys maybe being exposed a little bit. But I mean, you can't replace guys like Stanton, Judge, and Glaber Torres. Even if, you know, you think you have depth, they're not of the same caliber, and that's no disrespect to who's filling in for them, but they're just not of the same caliber as those players, the difficult players to replace. So I think the Yankees felt as though they had serviceable replacements, but there was one point in time where they had seven former All-Stars on the I.L. I don't know how any team survived that. Yeah, that those are all great points, Meredith. I, I want to bring a couple things from those Zoom meetings um, that you and the other beat reporters got out of Garrett Cole and also DJ LeMahieu. Just a couple of things, and I think Cole, you know, you said Gardner speaks for the team. I think Cole does too, and I think he was very eloquent when he basically said what we were all feeling and what we were all thinking. You know, some games the pitching works, but the the lineup doesn't do the job, and then sometimes the pitching doesn't do the job, and the lineup uh, is there, and sometimes the pitching in the lineup are there, but the bullpen doesn't do their job. The Yankees, Meredith, just can't get all three things to align, it seems. And uh, we're talking about maybe four or five games ago, you're talking about Zach Britton and Aroldis Chapman giving up games. And, and that is something that can't happen if this Yankee team wants to get far in this postseason. You're 100% correct. The guys that are supposed to do those jobs need to do those jobs. Now, you also look at it from the perspective of nobody is perfect. People are going to make mistakes. It's going to happen throughout the course of the season. It's just so amplified with the fact that this season is so short and when it's happening it is really the biggest issue. It couldn't happen at a more inopportune time when the team is really struggling. You need those guys to step up. But 
You know, when Chapman, I believe, blew the first game, that was only his third appearance of the year, fourth appearance of the year. I mean, the guy hasn't thrown a ton. Uh, Zach Britton, freshly off the IL, those are guys that you don't expect to falter the way they faltered, even though it's a small, small sample size. It's so amplified because of the fact that the Yankees are struggling as a whole and there aren't a lot of games left. But if you would have told me a couple of weeks ago that this team was going to lose 13 of 18 games and drop three of four to the Orioles, I would have told you you're crazy, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have said the same thing <laughs> for sure. Now, guys, remember this is New York, and you're supposed to be 100% all the time, and you're never <laughs> supposed to fail. You guys haven't That's gotten fair. that yet? That's fair. That no, we, fair. We, uh, yeah. we understand that, Nelly. You and played, you played in this environment, so you know better than anybody. <laughs> Hey, Meredith, okay, with the injuries, you have Stanton and Judge. Any kind of insight on on when we expect them back, how they're doing, any of the other injury players? Paxton, I saw Paxton throw the other day, which really doesn't look like James Paxton to me watching him throw. He looks like he's throwing a, like a catapult. But uh, any kind of insight on, on possibly what they're doing and maybe when we'll see these guys back? So James Paxton threw on flat ground yesterday at the stadium. I know this because we're at the stadium, whether they're home or on the road. So we have the inside track to the uh, injured players working out there. He threw upwards of 20 pitches on flat ground, but he still hasn't thrown off a mound And what? There's 20 games left this season. So, you know, time is ticking. Time is running out and he needs to get on a mound. And even though he hasn't been down that long, there's going to be an element of him needing to get stretched out a little bit. So he's certainly working against the clock. The fact that he is throwing leads me to believe that that flexor strain has healed and he is feeling better because I can't imagine they would allow him to progress if he weren't. But as I said, as a starter, I mean, he's going to need some time, and that's something the Yankees don't necessarily have right now. As far as Giancarlo Stanton is concerned, he's been doing agility and running in the outfield. He's been hitting off the high-velocity machine. To my knowledge, he has not seen live pitching yet. That would be the next step for Stanton. He's running at about 80%. So he seems to be a little bit further ahead than Aaron Judge at the moment, exactly when he'll be back. Only he and the Yankees know that. And Aaron Judge is supposedly going to ramp things up a little bit as far as baseball activity is concerned today. He started doing some agility work in the outfield two days ago. He's been doing some stuff in the training room with treatment and in the weight room, but really hasn't done any baseball activity. So uh, exactly what that means, Aaron Boone will probably elaborate on that today at about 4.30, but it's the first step for Judge, who injured his calf not once but twice, you imagine that is not going to be a quick rehab process for him. You think they're going to probably make him go through several steps before he's back. And like the other guys, ticking against the clock and only about three weeks of the season left. So, you know, do they rush them to get him back? That's not typically the Yankees style, but if they're continuing this free fall, maybe things change. Well, it, it, like Nellie and I discussed in our opening segment, Meredith, the next seven games are are gigantic for this team. Obviously, the three that you just brought up against the Buffalo Blue Jays, which starts <laughs> that 10-game run against uh, Buffalo slash Toronto, 10 games in 18 days. And it's that's going to basically decide where the Yankees are positioning themselves if they do make the playoffs. And the four games, let's be honest, the four games coming up at the stadium against the Orioles, they're huge too. 
Baltimore's only two games back of the Yankees. The Tigers are only a, a game in the loss column back. And the Blue Jays are a game ahead of the Yankees right now. So these games are ginormous for the Yankees. Now, I told you I had two things. Garrett Cole, I brought him up, but I also brought up DJ LeMahieu. And I have to ask you, were you a little surprised, especially because LeMahieu said in his Zoom meeting, that he didn't need a day, that he got Saturday off when Cole was pitching. I mean, to me, it just, look, I'm not the manager, neither are you, neither is Nelly. But to me, if I'm penciling the lineup in, DJ LeMay, who is leading off when my best pitcher's on the mound because I want the best chance to win. You know what? It was surprising. I asked Aaron Boone about it. You understand his reasoning in saying he just came off the injured list. He's played a bunch of games in a row. We want to make sure he stays healthy throughout. But I asked, DJ, the question, did you feel like you needed a day? And he was very clear, no, I don't think I did. So uh, when a player says that, and, I, and you know, Nelly, you could probably speak to this a bit more. It's not often that players say, yeah, I want a day off. I need a day off, especially to the media. Um, so what goes on behind closed doors, we will never know. But he doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to take a lot of days off. So with the way the team has been playing, I thought that was a little odd. And I I know we've learned this year more than any other year that the Yankees have a plan and they are not deviating from that plan regardless of circumstances. And we saw that yesterday with Glaber Torres. I thought it was a little odd that Glaber wasn't in there knowing that not only is he a bat in that lineup that could potentially do some damage, but also he's a guy that hits great against Baltimore in, you know, in Baltimore. So I, I thought maybe that was an area where, hey, if you're good, go back out there and play in that game. They did use him as a pinch hitter, but they clearly did not want him in the field because they used uh, Tyro Estrada then to to go in the game thereafter. But yeah, I I think it's a little odd when they are certainly fighting to stay alive, to not have your best players out there. But as I mentioned, the Yankees have a plan. They have an idea of what they want to do. They're not deviating from that, whether you think they should, I think they should, fans think they should, even players maybe think they should. It's not happening. So people can get mad all they want. The questions are asked. The questions are answered. If you don't like the answer, it is what it is. You know, you can't, you can't change the manager's mind and you're not the manager. So you can only go by what they decide to put out there. But to answer your original question, Chris, I I thought it was a little odd. I, I do understand it to an extent of not wanting to get players injured with so many still on the IL, but it's just tough when the Yankees haven't been playing well to not have those guys out there. Yeah, it is. You know, it seems like there's a lot of miscommunication sometimes. I mean, you guys asked LeMahieu about being taken, you know, do you need a day off? And he goes, no, I really didn't. And, you know, a lot of times that's not, that's not said to the media. Usually don't even try to answer that question. And even with Aaron Judge, and he winds up going back on the IL when all of a sudden after two days, he feels 100%. Now he comes back after 10 and gets hurt again. He's back on the IL. So some miscommunication somewhere. And, uh, you know, our colleague, Paul O'Neill, you know, there's no way you were going to take him out of the game. Joe Torre was probably afraid to give him a day off. Tino Martinez, there's no way those guys wanted days off. And they went in that office and made sure that they were playing every day. Reach into your uh, words of wisdom box because you need to try to talk Shearney off the ledge and all these Yankee fans <laughs> off the ledge because they're getting ready to jump and, and they're really going to panic because, you know, they're, they're at the eighth seed right now. And I don't know if they're taking it for granted saying, okay, those teams behind us, the Orioles, the Tigers and the Mariners probably won't have any shot, but you, you got to give these, these fans little words of wisdom and, and talk Shearney out from, uh, I'm just trying to jump hey, off the roof. 
Well, hold on a second. I'm just trying to speak for all fans. Well, that's why I'm saying maybe maybe Meredith has some words of wisdom that that she can put you at ease and, and everybody else. Chris, take a step back. Walk away <laughs> it's from like the one of those breathe, breathe it's not as bad. It's not as bad as it seems. A wise person once told me it's never as good and never as bad as it seems. So we're going to go with that right now. It can only get better, right? It can't get any worse. Not they working, have enough Mary. Talent. It's not working. They have, a, they have enough talent on that team that they should still be able to beat some of these teams, even without a John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, and James Paxton. Um, so I think they're going to be okay. I'd be very surprised if this team does not make the playoffs, but they do need to start playing better. I will say there is a silver lining in all of this, and that's that we're getting to see some of these young pitchers in Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt. And Chris, that is a reason to be excited because Davey Garcia has been as advertised, and Clark Schmidt came in in such a tough spot in Baltimore, but his stuff is nasty. I think he is going to definitely settle in and have success at the big league level. His stuff is too good not to. So I think you look at those two guys, and that is reason Chris Sheeran to step away from that ledge and get excited. Thanks, Nelly. Thanks for putting me on the ledge. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, Meredith, those are all great points. And I just want to echo the last thing you said, because that's the that's the most exciting part of this season. You know, we hear about Davey Garcia and we hear about Clark Schmidt all the time, but the difference between hearing about it and actually seeing it happen at the big league level is definitely something to be excited about. And we're going to see Garcia once again in this Blue Jays series. So that that is good news. And hopefully he is part of that silver lining that starts to bring the Yankees out of this free fall. Now I'm going to hand things over to our producer, Meredith Jake, because he wants to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Well, we got to keep it a little lighthearted here after all this frustration and, and three bald heads in one chat room brewing right now. Allentown PA is where you from. You're from. You went to high school there. Is it like the Billy Joel song? You know what? Everybody asks me that. So I went to Allentown central Catholic. I, I don't think it's exactly like the Billy Joel song. I'm actually from Walnaport, which is surrounded essentially by cornfields, which is nothing like the Billy Joel song. So not exactly like the Billy Joel song. Is it an Amish paradise there? Uh, well, you'd have to go out Route 222 towards Lancaster to find the Amish paradise. But, you know, there's Amish country. Uh, people still uh, people still involved in that. And I actually have a friend that I played volleyball with whose parents, got in a car accident with a horse and buggy. That is a very Pennsylvania story for sure. Very, um, very PA of me. <laughs> uh, last one. You are a member of the, is it Rockney, a Rockney uh, Wall Hall of Fame? Rockney Hall. That's where uh, Allentown Central Catholic men's, or I should say boys and girls basketball and volleyball was played. Now, did you have a Hall of Fame speech? And if so, can, can we hear part of this Hall of Fame speech? You know what? They never, now that I look back on it, no, it was like a handshake, here's a plaque, thanks for showing up, and go about your business. There was no speech. No speech, no opportunity for a speech. All right, I digress, Shearney. I, I wanted to hear part of a <laughs> Hall of Fame speech on here, but uh, was it, it's not happening. Was it, was it really a Hall of Fame at all if there was no speech? It's not. Uh, it's well, not. I, I can give no. you, I can give you a, a glimpse into what the speech would have been. Uh, thank you to my wonderful parents for carting me around when I was a child to every league and whatever else that I forced them to go to. Two leagues of basketball with my brothers, uh, club volleyball, all that good stuff. 
lot of, lot of love for the parents. There you go. Carding literally in a horse and buggy as well. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, I want to I want to formally apologize uh, on the record to Meredith, because I, I, when she started it, yes, I think it was back in 2012. Uh, my producer for BP asked me to ask her to sing the Fresh Prince song on the air. And she made it on cut four on MLB.com because she nailed the entire song. But I put her on the spot. And I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, it wasn't my idea, Meredith. You know what's funny? Well, I was working with MLB.com then, and I heard that. Yeah. Well, yes. who doesn't Who doesn't know the Fresh Prince song, right? Uh, right, right. I know. I, but I, don't, I have no clue what it is. You don't know the what? song? I know, I know. I, I can't sing it, maybe if I had a <laughs> If I had a few pops, I might oh, be able okay. To now it. we're talking. Well, then we're gonna make it a date, Meredith. We're gonna get him a couple of pops, as it were, of soda pop, and uh, we're gonna see Nelly sing the Fresh Prince theme song. That we're gonna we'll invite, we'll invite Jake along with us. Yeah, yeah, I'll pay to see you sing Fresh Prince, Nelly, for sure. I was gonna say I would pay to see that. Drinks, I, I would... drinks on me. I already owe them a steak dinner for the Mets uh, losing losing three out of five to the Yankees, so I will include uh, drinks as well, Nelly. <laughs> Meredith, like uh, uber-talented Meredith Morakovitz for the Yes Network, our colleague over there joining us here. We, we can't uh, thank you enough. We appreciate it. You can follow her on Twitter once again, at M underscore Morakovitz, and at, on Instagram, at M Morakovitz. Meredith, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. No problem. And Chris, stay away from the ledge. I'll thank try. You, I'll try. That's a wrap for episode 25 be the Jason Giambi, Tommy John, Jim Abbott, or Glaber Torres episode of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. We want to thank Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show today. Welcome aboard, Sarah. Make sure to subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're using Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and please write a positive review. We appreciate your support. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll be back on Thursday after the Yankees series with the three-game set with the Blue Jays and then look ahead to their four-game series with the Orioles. Have a great holiday, everybody. Stay safe.